What is up, everybody? Today we're talking about Jay-Z becoming a billionaire and a lot more on Black Hollywood Live's The Trend. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? It's June, y'all. It is June. Can you believe it? No. June gloom. June gloom. Although well, we got sun today, today. y'all. The summer is here. Praise the Lord. I've been waiting. Waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting. I don't know how long we're going to get it, though, because I saw it's no, supposed why, to get a little rain. Why you got to pour the salt on it? Did I put a little rain on, 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 rain on, on the sunshine? Can, can we just appreciate it? On a cloudy day. All right, all right, all right. All right, we're going to start with the positive. What's up, everybody? I'm Dario Kristen. Joining me today is a full panel. We got the lovely Courtney Stewart. I like your hair, Courtney. I know. I call summer. Give it a little blonde. Some, like, little, little need cherry some caramels. Blonde. I need some caramels. caramels. Oh, it was did that. You looking good, girl. Thank looking you. Good. I appreciate it. You look better too. Thank huh? you. All right. Y'all didn't tell me the button up, man, mom. That's right. You represent for the the black, black you know, hats to the back. You know what I'm yes. saying? Mm-hmm. DJ Jesse J. What's up? And I'm sure you guys have noticed our special guest today. He is a executive producer. He's a writer. He's a model. He's an actor. And he's taking over Hollywood. Jatari Turner is with us today. Hey. Thank you guys for having me. Welcome. Happy Welcome. to be here. Well, he got your memo because you got a black hat on all that. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we worked it out. We made sure that we worked that out. That's right. Well, we are happy to be here. We got a lot of topics, but first, we're going to talk about this because it's summertime, yes. right? And John Legend's team was gracious enough to send me a couple bottles of his new rose. Um, actually, he has a sparkling rose that is not officially in LA quite yet, but it will be soon. Yes. So we have the original rose, which came out last summer, which is Coute de Provence rose. You almost had I almost it. had it. It's not cute, though. Cut. 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 It's all right. He worked Cut. on it, y'all. I worked on it, y'all, a lot. I worked on my Provence. French. Cut. It's okay. The Provence Rosé. Delicious. That? It's delicious, delicious guys. So, you know, we shout out to the team for that because Cheers. we will be Thank sipping you, this the entire show. Yes. And uh, there's some great cocktails that you can make from this. There's something called the LVE 75, LVE Fizz. You can go to the website and check out all of the delicious cocktails that you can make for the summer because I'm going to be checking it out because, you know, yeah. it is... I'm I'm excited to make some cocktails out of this. I love rosé. It's a good, good, it's a nice base. And this is a good one for like a nice rosé or even... Or even a nice frosé sangria situation. Oh, look so. at you with the frozen. Oh, no, oh, no the frozen. I'm going to do it. Oh, Pride wait. weekend this weekend. You know what we're doing. Oh, and it's Pride. <laughs> well, he has apparently six, also six different ones that you can choose from. There's, uh, you know, from, from different wines to the, well, the Cabernets to like a rosé. Okay. Uh, so there's six different variations of it. So learn go check it out. Learn every day. And yeah. the, bottle, the bottle's real cute. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Flip, I wish they could flip it upside down and just make it one whole glass. Okay, well, all right. Well, okay. that's a different show oh, yeah. and topic. Sorry. So yeah. shout out to John Legend <laughs> and LVE Wines because he's doing big things, doing and big we will things. be sipping and buying and all that fun stuff. And his new show, Songland. And his new show, Songland. Oh, yeah, Congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the topics. All right, what you got? First topic, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but you might have been driving around Atlanta and seen it, but this uh, woman by the name of, she's an actress, Raquel Bailey, spent $2,000 on billboards promoting herself in hopes to get in contact with Tyler Perry. As you can see, it says, attention, Mr. Perry, Raquel Bailey is your next leading lady. Twitter handle, Instagram, an email, a website, all that on there. So, you know, the internet went crazy and was like, this girl's clamoring for attention. Some people said, go ahead, girl, get it however you gotta get it in this day and age. Um, So much that Tyler felt like he had to, you know, reach out and say something. So he posted this picture on his Instagram and 
little bit of a mixed message because he came out to say this is the third person that's done this and he said do not do this people he said it is not the way to it makes me in a very uncomfortable position um, I don't want to have to respond in this way just come in an audition auditioning is free he was like you know this is a you know very clever way you know he's like but I don't think it's really the right way to do it um, so just skating around the fact that he really didn't care for it. Uh, and so people are back and forth on social media saying, like, hey, like, there's nothing wrong with that. She's going to gain something out of it. There is a lot of support from her and other people reaching out to her now and saying, like, hey, you know, he did give her props on a project that she worked on prior in the year. So he said, I already saw you. But he didn't hire her. And that was the point. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about this? Like, you know, is this, you know, 2019? Was this, you know, innovative? And, you know, I just don't think this should be a wave because I don't want to be driving down. Now we driving down the highway. Instagram <laughs> is just on the highway now. It's like, well, hey, all right, let me follow her, see what she's about. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I'll just kind of start it off. If uh, when I first saw it, I gave a little bit of props because I'm like, well, first of all, if you can afford the billboard, then do you, boo. Do you, you know boo. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you can afford those billboards, that's a whole other project. Um, but, you know, I, to stand out and to do certain things, I mean, it's no different than someone putting it on Instagram. I mean, it's a lot less money, but, I mean, you do things on Instagram to catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a little bit bold? Would I have done it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But kudos to her for being confident enough to do it because, if anything, she got something out of it. Even if Tyler doesn't see her, she is being talked about right now, which she can that probably leverage to something else. Now, you know, whether it works for her, I don't know. Now, the question is, did, did he actually bring her back in? After seeing this billboard, Tyler Perry, I don't As think he yet, did. No. Access Hollywood picked her up uh, okay, and see? wanted to do a sit-down interview with her. She only has seven thousand followers, so I thought like maybe it would like draw a little bit more right. people to her. But just nosy people who are just like, let me see what her page. Yeah. Oh, only seven thousand. Now I ain't gonna hit that follow, girl. Well, well, we'll see. You know, but Datari, you do a lot of casting. Would you have paid attention to this if you saw this and this actress wanted to come into one of your projects? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I give her kudos for being bold enough to, to give it a shot, you know. I mean, maybe she prayed on it, you know. A lot of times people are, are you know, pray on things, and, and, you know, she took a leap of faith, and, um, you know, whether it works out or not, um, at least she can say she, she went for it, if yeah. that was in her, <laughs> sure. if that was in her sure. spirit, you know, because, you know, if she didn't do that, I'm always a believer that, if something is like you know on you like that, just take a shot because you don't want to be like I didn't do it. You know, <laughs> right. you, know, yeah. you know if that was what really spoke to you. So uh, shout out to her. I hope that um, you know she she lands and ends up where she wants to be. And it's funny you say leap of faith because that's kind of what she's using as her promo right now. Oh really? Yeah. Leap of faith. Yeah. yeah. We're in the fame generation though. You know, I grew up in the drug generation in the eighties. You know, I mean, I feel like every you know is the sex generation, is the, the the drug generation. This is the fame generation. Right. So she's yeah. in the right generation to, to do it. That's true. Amen. That's true. It's, yeah, it's funny too because I'm interested. I was told a while ago, a few years ago, by a casting director in a casting director workshop that. The attention is good, and you want to make those connections, but you not only want to make those connections and be obviously have the talent to back it up, and I presume right, she course. has that, especially based on what Tyler said. Yeah. But the other thing that I was told that casting directors all you have to be somebody that they want to work with and that they can trust to work with. And yeah. I understand how doing something like that might have people like, is she... Yeah. 
of sound mind and fullness right. that yeah. we really want to have her right, on set right. and trust her with that. So I understand that like there's two sides of it. But again, like you said, like if she prayed about it and that's what the Lord told you to do, I am not the one to tell you that that's what you should not have done. Mm-hmm. But it's, it was really interesting though to know that Tyler had already seen her in a project. And yeah. is it one of those things that you're just getting impatient because you're on your timing and not on God's timing? Amen. So Amen. that was. Amen. We all are victims of that sometimes, but you know, because sure. it's a marathon. You yeah. know, he she you know he could have very well like been like she's dope just the right thing hasn't come up that exactly. I can use it for mm-hmm. so you know I, I mean we all run you know we all play in the long game and you know sometimes you sure. know, patience is a virtue yeah. yeah and we've had what's her uh, Taja Simpson yeah. who has been in here a few times and she said she had auditioned for Tyler a good like 12 times or something before something came up for her yeah. and she ended up in Medea's Boo too I think it was two yeah. years ago yeah. or whatever so you just don't know when it'll happen and uh, sometimes yeah, he loved her so it. much in the little clip she did for the Boo one that he made her a bigger character mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, that's right well, it goes back to something you also were saying, Courtney. I was like, man, I hope she's got the talent to back it up because if you're going to put that big, yeah. big ass billboard up on yeah. the street, <laughs> yeah. when you get called in, yes. your call up better be right. You got to <laughs> have it to back it up. Have those, have those chops. Have don't, those chops. don't go in nervous. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I know a lot of people too, they make, they'll make cards or like little pamphlets and they'll send them out to different casting producers yeah. and yeah. things like yeah. that. I mean, it's just a different way, I guess, of doing it, a, a, mo- a more modern way because I know a lot of, I've ha- sat in a room with a casting director was like, oh, I get them, and I just postcards. What is this? Like, yeah. throw, it, throw right. it right out. Right, right. You know, this way you can't throw it out. And you know, someone gonna see me, and someone gonna think I'm pretty. That's as I, maybe right. I'm gonna sell John Legend's uh, rose. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, don't know. Get it, girl. Know. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Well. All right. Somebody else that's doing it and got it all to back up. Well, somebody else's that are doing it and got it all to back up, y'all. Forbes magazine has given us all kinds of new information this week, honey. Jay-Z, officially a billionaire. Hey, shout out to Hope. Shout out to Jay-Z. He is officially a billionaire, and he is one of only a handful of entertainers that have achieved that status. And the first of the hip-hop generation. That's huge. Amen. That, which is yeah. enormous. Yeah. Um, and so basically they, they kind of broke down like where you know all his funds are and if you guys you know want to know how to diversify he has done it across uh, liquor. He has done it across real estate. He has an investment portfolio obviously. He has an enormous art collection and of course he has title and um, uh, he actually bought back all of his masters and he has all of his um, uh, Rock Nation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it? I, the word uh, blah, 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 blah. publishing is publishing. what I was looking for. So um, they broke it down, like how much everything is worth. Um, the most fascinating thing is that that liquor, y'all. That Ace of Spades is three hundred and ten million dollars. Wow! Have you been to a club? And the cognac is or the hundred million dollars. So of that billion dollar fortune, over four hundred million of it is in. John, you're going in the right direction, bro. Right. (laughs) Apparently. So the LBE. Yes. And one of the what they interviewed a few different people for the Forbes magazine and everything. And actually, there was a cool quote from Swiss Beats, um, who is a producer. If you guys don't know, and he's worked with Jay, obviously. And he made the following statement. He said, "Quote: It's bigger than hip hop. It's the blueprint for our culture. A guy that looks like us, sounds like us, loves us, made it to something that we always felt." was above us. I thought that resonated because yep. yeah. I, when I thought about it, like when you that's think deep. about a billionaire, you really do think of like old, super old white man. Right. Yeah, like that's Warren true. Buffett. Yeah. That's real. That's and very true. Yeah. This as an example <clears throat> means a whole lot. Yeah. So kudos to you, Jay-Z. And obviously also following Jay-Z's example, his protege, 
Miss Rihanna, yeah. is right nipping at his heels. And it was announced this week that she is the world's wealthiest female musician. Wow. And she is currently worth $660 million. So she is over the halfway mark to the billion, wow. y'all. She is real close. But what's crazy is that Forbes last year estimated her worth at $37.5 million. So all the moves that she had been making in the, like, the last 18 months is what has put her into this. Where she started the makeup line. Well, she had already started it, and it's like out, and she has fancy beauty. She has a lingerie line, um, and uh, she just obviously made the deal with LVMH to be the first black woman, the first from um, ground up to start a fashion house with LVMH. So that's what put her over the edge, and obviously she is headed in the same direction as Jay Z, and she's only thirty-one years old. Amen. Shout out to Rihanna. Shout out to Rihanna. Yeah. I mean, who would have known from that first video that should we be looking? You that, know, you know Ponder replay, and we're like, girl, right, what? Like, oh, like what? Oh, what? what? Where did we? oh okay. Right. Oh, not mad. So she surpassed, and as a musician, she surpassed people like Madonna, yeah. Celine Dion, and Beyonce yeah, in terms was. of her worth at this moment. So we still waiting on that reggae record, but I'm not mad at you. It's girl. coming. It's coming. Mm-hmm. I, I believe, but I get it. She working hard, and you know. I saw another. It was a Twitter post, and I thought it was really dope, just for this generation. But someone wrote. Hove became a billionaire without selling himself as the face. He didn't use social media. He wasn't out here sitting, trying to get all the interviews. He just focused on hard work, and he built Mm -hmm. all these companies. And I think it's hilarious. I think it's so interesting in the fact that in this day and age, we think, like, we got to be posting every day. We have to be interacting with everybody. We have to be doing just focus on the work, and it will grow. If you you plant the seeds and water them... For sure, and they were talking also in the article about how, I guess, he met with Warren Buffett in, like, Kentucky at a diner or something, like, a good 10, 15 years ago. And he had really thought about and really mapped out how he was going to get to where he wanted to go. So it's not a small thing to, like, yearly at least sort of sit down and write out your plans and write out your goals and really kind of, you know, make the steps that are organized and focused. Well, two things. I would would say, so I I got a, a... the lucky chance to be able to tour around the world with Jay Um, when he retired and came back for the Kingdom Come uh, tour. uh, Myself, Zoe Saldana, Rich Paul, who was uh, LeBron James' agent, we were in the uh, the Rock Aware campaign, which was like a Water for Life uh, campaign where um, Jay Z and Bono donated a million dollars to wow. to uh, to and MTV The Diary was there and you know they basically to get clean water in yeah. uh, in South Africa. So I got a chance to go to South Africa with him and uh, on the tour with him and um, you know right after that he sold Rockaware for two hundred and four million dollars. Most people forget about that. That was That's like true. the real Thrilled. big lick that really mm-hmm. took because he sold the clothing line for two hundred and four million cash. Um, but Jay is a good dude, man. He, he's 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 you know always been about the culture. He never changed who he was. Um, you know we got a chance to have dinner with him every night on that tour. Him and B, you know Rihanna was there as well. And he's just a solid dude, and really, you know, everybody around him is rich. That's the that's the main thing, like that I that I always like admire him for because all those guys, Lenny S, Tata, Jay Brown, Emery, they all rich. You know, yeah, yeah. he everybody you know around him has money. And the other thing I'll add to that is that a lot of times, you know, black men and women, we don't have mentors. If you talk to a that's lot true. of you talk to a lot of white men and women. 
they will always be able to point to a mentor yeah. if they're mm-hmm. successful. So seeing Rihanna following in his footsteps, I mean, that makes sense because she had a men- she had great she mentors. Had a, yeah. She had a great mentor around her, and she was around wealth and around yes. people, you know, where she could lean on and ask, what do I do with my money? Who do I? I know even her first mansion, I want to say she bought from someone within the camp, within mm-hmm. the Rock, the yeah. Rockefeller camp. So, um Kudos to them, man. They're just really good people. You know, shout out to Jay. And that's awesome to hear. I know. It makes it love the story even more. Right. And, I mean, for me, the most important thing is that young black Latino kids look at this and they have an inspiration to, they can see it and they can yeah. they can accomplish that. Absolutely. You know? And that means so much in our community, especially as much negativity as we get with certain things the positive of this mm-hmm. and, and I love to hear that Jay-Z and Rihanna are like real people and yes. take care of their people too absolutely because we don't hear that a lot yes. so shout out to y'all praise the lord and if y'all, y'all need some adoptive kids <laughs> <laughs> right here right here in the studio <laughs> waiting for you right. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right let's move on to our last story so we can talk to Mr. Datari about his projects our EUR web story spotlight of the week Oh, wow, we had, a little, we, had a, we, had a, we had a remix. Hey. We had a remix of the sound like today. <laughs> that was like a scratch. Run DMC meets a record for buzz the... tonight. Make sure you guys check that out. Oh, <laughs> in a few right. But that's fine, right? Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. So uh, this story has also been in the news a lot. I'm sure you're familiar with the Central Park Five mm-hmm. case that took place in uh, 1989, where five uh, young men, four African American, one Latino men, were falsely accused of, of, of a rape incident in Central Park West of a white female. Uh, unfortunately, these men spent 5 to 15 years in jail, and now they are free, uh, and there is the information of the truth of what's really gone out there, but there's a lot of backlash around this case because recently Netflix did a a, uh, a, a series called When They See Us, and um, it featured a lot of focus on the prosecutor, Linda Fairstein, mm-hmm. and she's written several books about the case through the years, and there is a, a signature of 50,000, almost 50,000 signatures have gone out right now for Amazon to stop the selling of her books um, because it, the documentary really went in on her and focused on the fact that she was pushing towards these five men going to jail without having a lot of proper evidence towards the case. What do you guys feel about this backlash that's surrounding this petition and her and, and everything that's going on around this? I agree. I, honestly, like watching it, there's a scene where I think it was Yusef's mom, and I recorded, I rewound it and recorded it, and I just could not wait to hop on Twitter and just tweet this clip at her. And it was when the mom walked out and she said, "Shame on you. You should know better." Like because when you see the buildup, and you know, it's funny because it's just like you watch something like I did the SVU after show over after buzz, and I've been able to meet like Mariska, like you know, and she's been doing this for years, and she works with co- with you know people in that department, and it's like there's an empathy, you know what I mean? You want to feel for that woman that had that, but then to go out there and victimize, victimize and yeah. like just like it was <laughs> like you were going to slaughter a monster, like and start this campaign, this hate campaign. When you weren't doing your job, right. you didn't do your due diligence, and your lawyer's literally telling you, and you're just trying to put a puzzle together. Like, I don't think I've watched something in a very long time that actually made me want to, like, I break my computer. Like, and for me, I can I understand it because literally watching it, the first thing I wanted to do was contact, like, send something to her. Yeah. You know. She deleted everything. Her Twitter, her Instagram, everything is gone. And, you know, this campaign, I agree with it. I think, you know what? Like, you took the lives of these people. You destroyed families. You just... There's a chain of how many people you affected. Yeah. 
because of your ignorance, your and your so-called power that you had at the time, and the fact that you were able to wrangle a group of people and treat these kids like it's just disgusting. It was just to see it like over again. It was beautifully done, Ava. You killed that. She killed it. Yes. You know, I love watching you know crime stuff and all that stuff. Like the the cinematically it was great, but it was like it did its job. I yeah. had goosebumps. Like I was. Yeah. The, yeah, when you see the facts of the story, it really hurts. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, Go ahead. Well, I know. I, I mean, I, I I certainly you know I support the the petition. I mean, you know, the the thing about it is, especially you know what I do and what people do that work in film and TV is, you know, the thing about it is, is that for a hundred years, white men have told our stories, mm-hmm. and just imagine if you only told the three worst things about you know, a culture on, on screen for a hundred years that were dangerous, that were killers, that were rapists. Um, and that, that, you know, that shapes the way people think about us. People that never grow up around yeah, black people, you know, it, it really starts in Hollywood, you know, and really just in the last 20 years, we've been able to really tell our stories, you know? So, um, I think it's unfortunate and, and yeah, I mean, they need to get the books out, out of Amazon, you know, because, it, it is you can't you can't do that but you know so so many times we you know we're we're guilty until proven innocent right we don't have to you know we don't get the luxury of being innocent until proven guilty you know i saw ava tuesday night at the um the black the clarence avon black godfather screening and i talked to her a little bit and told her you know just she's she's been on the forefront of of these social issues she and has bringing more attention to, you know, whether it's what she did with 13, um, you know, mass incarceration and, and, you know, black men of color. I mean, we're, we're haunted. You know they want us to be extinct. You yeah. already know that. So, um, you know, I certainly support this uh, petition. For sure. And that's what's... <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it because I'm still it's, deep. It's, deep. it's still heavy and it's still heavy because it's still it, it still exists mm-hmm. like it'd be one thing if you could be like this is an isolated horrible tragedy right. that right. happened but like this isn't isolated it's not over it still continues every day and the very fact Literally. that this Linda woman still sticks to her guns and is saying that it yeah. was like a slight this was a one sided no. um, film and they are doing it just got under my skin even more and it made because even like as far as the books like whatever like maybe if you could like try or at least attempted to atone for something just say sorry be, just say sorry it'll you know, be done be like, and be like just you know I was in my woman like I was trying to get justice for this woman and I really believed yeah. what I did yeah. obviously now since then evidence has shown otherwise and I am so sorry that I destroyed yeah. these lives like the fact that you can't even bring yourself to that it, and it also speaks to what you were saying about how for hundreds of years the white man has told this story and this is the story they accept it's kind of like why right now white men are like oh everybody's taking over and you're taking my position right. Right. it's like That's no right. you're just not used to equality so right. it feels like you're being oppressed but you're not we're actually just trying to bring be you equal. and understand we're trying That's to be all. in the same place yeah. so I, th- that's in the end that's why I'm the most disgusted Ava did a brilliant job the actors did an amazing job yeah. literally I'm still crying about it when I have like try to talk about the actual 
situation in the actual film. But overall, it's just like, y'all, come on. Like, you can't even step up and say, I'm sorry. You hit it right on the head. I mean, if she would have just, because she was young too. And, you know, everybody knows in our society, the white woman is. Is, is held on the highest, you know, sure. and, and on the food chain. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, has she just been remorseful and said, you know what, I really, so, you know, black people, we, we are a forgiving, exactly. you know, race. So Even we, the we lawyer. Yeah. Because the, in it, the way Ava tells the story is that the lawyer seemed like, okay, this doesn't seem, this doesn't seem right. And right. she went with it. Yeah. And right. you still ain't coming out. And then right. to get another tweet from Trump, like, bro, first of all. See, what did Trump say? I missed that. Yeah, I'm like, we don't even need to I include him. Bring we're just, up, we're just, 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 there was no evidence of that. No. Right. There was no evidence of Zero. that. Like this is a rape trial. This right. was about rape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This week he's rape. friends. He's allies with the gays. This week. So yeah. you know it's next. I mean, coming listen. Next there's week, no, there was no like, as we know there was no hardcore evidence. There was no semen. There was there was nothing. And what what breaks well, my heart the most? There was semen. They just well, had it tested. They had, they had it, right. And that's why those kids went to jail. And now they tested it, and it actually matched a home dude that admitted to it. Right. Exactly. Whatever. Well, what, what hurts my heart the most is the the amount of time that these guys lost out of their lives, and 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 not to get all deep with it, but just to think about that to be, I can't even imagine being falsely accused for something and losing that much out of my life, yeah. and then having to recover after that. Yeah. Now I know that they. Uh, they have some lawsuits that are going on. Well, no, on. they got the $40 million yeah, from New York, paid, which, yeah. by the way, that chick, I'm pretty sure it was Linda who said she thought that was disgusting and that we were rewarding them right. for she did bad behavior that, that she they did, did yeah. or something like that. And I'm just like, yes, $40 million is great, but that doesn't change the psychological damage. The, uh, which the guy that was <laughs> in the longest, um, I can't think of his name Corey. off the top of my head. I'm like, see his face? Yes, Corey. Like, He's forever altered. Yeah, no, that was hard. I, that Niecy Nash and that him when they said, "Oh my God!" Yeah. That like I, I don't understand. Like oh. the idea that you would even fix your mouth to say, even if you still kind of believe they might be guilty of something, you would fix your mouth to say they don't even deserve that. Like they're tried. Like they're yeah. all, how? Who are are you? Not human. Yeah, you how need do to you lose have, your position. You don't have a soul. Yeah. yeah. I know when my son gets old enough, I'm gonna definitely sit him down and watch. I think it's re- required watching yep. material for yeah. all for all men and women who yeah. have who have sons. sons yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And if y'all think this ain't still happening, y'all confused. It's still happening. Read the news. <laughs> watch watch our last week's episode. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know Very I mean? much so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, if you haven't checked it out, be sure to check out when they see us because it will put some light on a lot of things that happen for those guys. And you know, shout out to them for being able to at least get back to some type of normalcy. Um, all right, let's talk about something positive now. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about Datari Turner and all We're the great things he's doing in filmmaking yes. and making Uh-oh. moves in Hollywood. Let me just start off, man. What I appreciate about you is that you're like you're, you're silent, man. You're like one of those dudes that are silent, and then you look at your resume and all the stuff you're doing, and you're killing it. You know, well, you don't have to you, be man. in the thank forefront. You. And there's a lot of people not, not not dissing those people, but there's a lot of people who want to tell everybody what they're doing, and you don't, and you're killing it. Yeah. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And now you, your big production deal actually started in 2015, right? Yeah, that was yeah. with Lionsgate and Cold Black. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I signed a deal with with uh, with Lionsgate uh, in 2014. Cold Black. Shout out to Jeff Clanigan. 
uh, in the Lionsgate team. Um, I'm no longer there. Yeah. Um, but now I have an overall deal with a company called Entertainment One, yep. uh, which is the largest independent studio in the world. It's a publicly traded company. Uh, they co-finance Bill Street, co-finance Green Book, uh, La La Land, um, Spotlight. So it's a, it's a massive company. And um, through that deal, I created and executive producer a show called Growing Up Hip Hop, which yeah. we have a bunch of spinoffs. We have L.A. in season five, Atlanta in season three. Um, we just launched New York right now, which I'm super excited about. And uh, it's been busy, man. It's just, you know, executive produce, shut up and dribble with LeBron and, um, you know, uh, three films in post-production right now, two we're, we're starting on, uh, we're in pre-production on, so it's busy. Same difference, and uh, so what's the same difference about? Because that's your new drama. Same, that's yeah, same difference is about. Uh, it's really, it's you know, my mission statement. I try to do things that um, you know, sort of like bring light to uh, things that we need to you know be discussing. You know, so same difference is about mental health. It's a, it's about uh, two twin sisters, and one of them is having a lot of mental health issues, and I I think that that is a that's a topic that um you know that people are talking about you know a lot recently that affects a lot of people yeah um and especially people of color like you know we don't you know we don't um i, I think we go to the doctor way less we, we don't really <laughs> yeah. you know go sit with uh you psychiatrists and people like that you know we're sort of like anti-doctor yeah. um, for good reason yeah for sure for, for, no, but it for is sure. true absolutely it is definitely true but uh no it's about mental health issues and um, you know, I thought it was a story that that needed to be told. We got a really great cast: Essence Atkins, who, um, love her. you know, yeah. she's in the new Will Packer show on OWN. Oh, yeah. um, Terrence J, um, Demetrius Ship Jr., who played Tupac mm-hmm. in All Eyes on Me. Um, Mrs. Melvin Gregg, uh, Gabby Douglas, who won a gold the Olympic yeah. gold medalist. Yeah. Um, Vanessa Simmons, Edwin Finley. Uh, Atheon Crockett. It's a lot of people in the film. I know I'm missing some people, but um, I'm super excited about it. And then as a producer, um, because you've been in the game for a while, are you really seeing a shift on projects that are being greenlit now by black producers? And, and the room is different now. Are they more is, is, is white Hollywood more accepting to hear these stories and want to produce these stories? Yeah, you know, I always tell people, you know, we didn't build Hollywood. It wasn't built by us. It wasn't built for us. Um, you know, and, and I was in high school in the 90s, and that was sort of like the golden age of black film. You yeah. know, it was when all of the classics were made, you know, the, the New Jack Cities and Love Jones and Menace and Boys and Poetic Justice, all those those films. I never thought I would see a run in my lifetime, believe it or not, that got back to that because when I got into business, they weren't, you know, Hollywood wasn't making black films. You yeah. know, it was really two two people that you know, were able to make black movies, and that was Tyler Perry, and that was Rainforest, uh, Will Packer, when he was partners with Rob Hardy at Screen Gems. Um, so I'm I'm grateful that, that you know, the, the gates have opened up very widely, and, you know, I think the great thing about this moment that we're having right now, I hope it lasts longer than a moment, but... I hope so. Um, you know, typically, historically, they would let us make three type of films. You know, it was about either our pain... 
you know, be us being slaves or, right. you know, what right. we overcame. Or it had to be about the most amazing black person that did the most amazing thing on the planet, <laughs> a.k.a. Hidden Figures. Right, Hidden Figures. Right, Hidden Figures. Remember the right. Titans. Or, <laughs> you know, or, or it was like the comedy, Super you know, funny, the yeah. black comedy, you know, in the hood. The Fridays yeah. and, you know, all of those type of films. Exactly. But now, you know, what's great about this time we're in now is like, you know, we just get to be regular people, you know, like it, it, you know, what I love about Insecure, shout out Issa Rae, is just really what a black woman's life, what, what, her, really life, like. what yeah. her life is like on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And people know, are like, wow. And like, wow, yeah. this is so cool. She, <laughs> didn't, <laughs> she didn't save the world. <laughs> right, right. She's not, you know, she, she doesn't, doesn't she likes her job. <laughs> right, she right. Got her home just regular ish. It's she just a regular. After work. <laughs> right. Like, oh, they do regular stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and that, and that's, that's what's great about the time we're in right now and and there's so many talented you know creators and filmmakers that are getting the opportunity to 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 create yeah and so Mm -hmm. it's a yeah it's a great time i hope that um i hope that it continues i mean what's important is that you know more people once they get on you know always you know Issa says something that i i repeat a lot you know i heard her say that everybody always tries to network upwards when yeah. you should just be networking across, mm-hmm. you know, pick your crew, come up with your crew. Um, that's what a lot of the white boys did. Look it's at true. Judd Apatow. He didn't go it's after true. the Tom Hanks or the, he was like, Seth Rogen, I'm going to make you a movie star. I'm right. Jonah Hill, I'm going to make you a movie right. star. And so, you know, I think that, um, you know, more of us, once we get in a position where we can hire people and cast people and create our own content, um, it will it will make this longer than a moment to where it, mm-hmm. it's open forever. So it's funny you say because I always say that like growing up in the '90s, like my favorite shows were that of Black Families or even the movie. Yeah. And then I now looking back at it, it's like cinematically that was there in the '90s. Yeah. And then in the 2000s, I feel like it was like okay, you guys had have the cinema now. The music is now pop pop music now. Right. Like, and then it became <clears throat> you know black music was pop you know pop music at the time and then it kind of died down cinematically right. why do you think that why do you think that happened in, during that specific time it was more of a business thing you know it, it like you know a lot of those films if you go back and look at the gross of those movies at the box office they weren't really high but right. the dvd yeah. of those you know friday only made didn't even make $30 million at the box office, but the DVD made $100 million on DVD. Yeah. New Jack City made hundred over $100 million on DVD. Like, you go back and look at Love Jones, that movie didn't even make $20 million. No, it, didn't make it didn't make anything. But it's a classic, you know, because what happened was everybody bought DVDs, and then once the DVD business started to go away, you know, the studios basically said... Well, how do we make money? Because, see, what people don't realize, to put a film on a thousand screens costs a studio $10 million yeah. in P&A, which is print and advertising. So you put a movie on 2,000 screens, not only do you have to recoup the budget, but you have to recoup the $20 million in, in P&A costs. So, and then, so if your movie grosses $40 million, you, half of that is going to the exhibitor, mm-hmm. to the actual theaters. So... 
it, you know, it really wasn't a black and white thing so much. It was, it, you know, it was a money thing. So right. they were like, well, if DVD is going away, how do we make money with these films? Because they never traditionally made a lot of money at the box office. And and now that, you know, sort of streaming has caught uh, caught back up to what DVD was, um, you know, now, you know, it's, it's, it's come back. But that's really what it was. It was, it was, you know, a lot of things are about race, but that wasn't that was, so but much the effect, about. But the I, the overall mask of it affects the yeah. culture of it. Well, of because, course, yeah, that's just it's of course it's like fascinating. And then the music business went went under for a while too, yeah. because yeah. if you look at a lot of those movies. You know, the Love Jones, like a lot of those films had incredible soundtracks. Yeah. That was like the, the decade of like the incredible soundtracks. Then you can you, Napster you look came at the, up. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, you, go back, you look at the <laughs> Waiting to Excel soundtrack. Right. Oh, and yeah. Like, soundtrack. Yeah. Body Boomerang. Boomerang. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these soundtracks were winning Grammys and selling right. 10 million records, you know. Yeah. So, but all of that, then it, it became, well, no, we can't even afford to do a soundtrack on a movie because. The soundtracks are not selling. Mm-hmm. These things are people aren't buying CDs. So it really was just a monetary thing. I'm happy to see now streaming caught up to, you know, to what, you know, CDs used to be and DVD. And now that's why rappers are, you know, wearing 20 chains again. Making <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because even with the soundtracks, I feel like that has taken so long to come back. And I feel yeah. like within the past, I'll say past maybe, maybe two years, it it's now people yeah. are starting to like it's just coming yeah. back yeah, yeah. It's starting to like it's the Black Panther soundtrack yeah. with yeah. platinum was yeah. really big that's true. Um, that's true. yeah so what do you see going forward because obviously we like don't want it to be a trend yeah yourself as being a leader in the industry as well like how what do you want to see happen to continue it further to not end up as just a trend because the trend has actually occurred multiple times throughout yeah, the history that's, of the Yeah, that's thing. very so true. So we are on a, we're in a pattern. Yeah. How are we really going to break a pattern in this moment? Well, I think for me, like, I've I made, you know, I produced 30 plus films, but, I, you know, all of my films have been produced outside of the studio system where I've went and raised independent financing to, to finance my films. Um, the, you know, outside of the recent film I just did for Netflix, uh, that they finance, but before I was making my own films, and then you know Netflix would acquire them and mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, but I think it's really just about that. Just you know, as our young stars, star production companies like the Michael B. Jordans yeah. and the Issa Rays, you know, they're all producing their own content now, um, and that's just really what it's about. Like we're approaching it like a business because we have the information now. You know, a lot of times people would always say. Um, you know, these white movie stars, they have way more opportunities than the black ones. But the true and that is true. But the truth of it also is that a lot of those white movie stars were also producing those movies. That's true. So they were they were going out and finding their, you know, the content, you know, Sandra Bullock, you know, she went found Miss Congeniology and mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon went found Legally Blonde. They were, they were finding those books and like producing those things, whereas the black actors were sort of waiting by the phone for somebody to, like, to call them. Yeah, that's true. And so now we got the blueprint because every information is power, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so once you get the information, you know, now it's like Mike Mike B and Issa and 
Um, I'm forgetting a, a ton of other ones that are doing the same thing, but they're like, listen, we're, we're optioning books now too. We want to produce things. We want to star in things that we produce, that we own, that we control. And, um, and I, I think it, I think if we continue to do that and we don't just look at it as like a check or waiting for somebody to call us and we go out and make our own stuff, I think that that won't happen again. You know, but we have to we have to do that though. You know, so. And then as far as your projects, how do you know when is it a feeling you get when you read something or you see something that you're like this this is the one right here. This is when I well, I want to I want to work on this and, and bring this out. I'm I'm such a student of film. You know, I I um, before I I came to Hollywood to be a writer when I decided I was going to lead the fashion industry. So you know, I wrote my very first film that I produced, Video Girl, which I was also in with Megan Good and Ruby D and mm-hmm. Um, you know what? What I what I learned, bef- you know, before I came and when I was started, I used to just watch movies. I was watching over thirty movies a, a month. You know, I try to watch a movie a day, sometime too, and I tried to watch everything. I would take a filmmaker like a Fellini, Truffaut, Ela Kazan, Scorsese, Woody Allen, um, you know, all these guys, and just watch everything they did from the very beginning. And yeah. you know, I watched a lot of foreign language movies. And I think for me, just sort of studying the blueprint of how people build their companies, whether it was Bob and Harvey with Miramax or Geffen, Spielberg and Kassenberg with DreamWorks, I just want to produce cool stories, you know. And I think that every filmmaker should ask themselves what their mission statement is, you know, in life. What do they want to be known for? What do they want to do? For me, it wasn't necessarily about producing big blockbusters or, you know, being known for a certain type of film. I just wanted to make all kind of different types of movies, you know, that. And so, you know, I want to do a foreign language movie one day. Um, You know, I want to do a movie. I may do a a no sound movie like Harvey did with the artist that won Best Picture. I just want to do cool shit, man. Like, that's (laughs) it. So, mission statement right. which fits your purpose yeah. exactly at the end that. of the day it always comes back to that and so you know i made i put megan markle in her first movie um you know i did dysfunctional friends i did a film about teen bullying called a girl like grace where we discover ryan destiny who's on star um i mean that's really part of my mission statement is like working with first-time filmmakers um discovering people giving people opportunities you know. And I'm just saying, for the young kids listening who want to be producers, listen to that yes. uh, those knowledge and those facts that Datari was given. You know, I'm still back to that paid advertising. You know, so he, <laughs> he threw that paid advertising out there. Y'all got to know a lot of things behind and in front of the camera and all Absolutely. those facts as well, just for to sure. be a great to be a great producer. We unfortunately have to wrap, but where can fans find out about you and all the projects you're working on and what's next and all that fun stuff? Yeah, I mean, you can go to DataryTurnerProductions.com. I'm on social media at Datari Turner on Twitter at, at Atari Turner on uh, Instagram. Um, I'm always posting the latest about projects I'm working on and um, all that good stuff. And then you're going to be at ABFF. And yeah, you're going to be teaching there. a master yeah, yeah, class, I'm teaching, right? I'm teaching a master class. I'm really excited about it. Um, we still got a couple of more slots left, so please sign up. It's next week. Um, you'll learn a lot. You know, I, I share all the information. I don't hold back. Um, you know, because this is, you know, I think the thing that people forget about our business is is, is show business. It's one yeah. half show, the other half is business. And a lot of times people, they love to be like, I'm so creative and artsy, but it's a business, man. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta know the business. You need to know the history of our business. And I want to teach you and, and share that information with people. That's dope. Okay. Courtney, where can fans find you? Uh, you can find me all over the social media universe at Stuart Starlet. 
Jesse. Boom. Everett DJ Jesse J. You can find me at Dario Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and on my show on CBS. This is LA on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, Saturdays at three, Sundays at three thirty. Check me out. I'm one of the hosts, and you also find me uh, sipping John Legend's LVE wines, uh, Cut de Provence. Oh God! Oh, I saw you. you tried that. <laughs> I got it. I got it out that time. It was closer than Coop the first time. Cut, so praise the Lord for that. And VHL was at uh, the VH1's uh, Critics Choice Real TV Awards, oh, yes. and I got to talk to. I was so excited. It'll be up Monday, but uh, Mr. Avery, who is the father of R. Kelly's girlfriend, mm. and it was the dopest conversation ever. And we just—he said some real stuff. So make sure you guys check it. It'll be on check Black Hollywood out. Live on Monday. Yes. All right, check that out, and uh, have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week. Shout out to Datari for Happy coming five. in, Amen. and John Thank Legend you for having me. Peace. Bye. On behalf of our PHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood Redefined.